So what we have here is your chart again. And we're just using it really as, a, as a, any, anybody's chart in this case, because I just want to finish up a couple of little pointers on the derivations. And can you see the chart? Yep. Yep. Okay. So there's a few sort of rules. I'm not sure if I mentioned them. And that is that third house does rule siblings. And in the derivation system, third house is your firstborn sibling. And then two houses away from that, which is, you know, sibling, sibling, so to speak, is your second born sibling. Seventh house is third born sibling, ninth house, fourth born sibling, and so on. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting sometimes to look through things that way. Mm -hmm. Now, if I look at my family's charts, everybody in my family, it's so bizarre, I'm ruled by cancer. My mother's firstborn child is, is her fifth house, which is cancer. My father's fourth-born child is his 11th house, which is ruled in his chart by cancer. <laughs> My brother's third house, their first-born sibling, is cancer. <laughs> it's like it just keeps showing up. And even my kids, their, their opposite-sex parent, it's a water sign. One has Scorpio ruling the fourth house. One has Pisces ruling the fourth house, which are probably the Pisces ruling the fourth house because I have so many planets in Pisces probably does pretty describe me pretty well. But I find it fascinating some of the things you can see by looking at their, the derivations because primarily the role I played for everybody in the family, even if they were my parents, was that I was the nurturer. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's amazing that they all had that showing up in, as how they, the lens they view me through in their chart. That's interesting. Both my parents are cancer. Oh, yeah? You're like sun and cancer, you mean? Oh, no, they're, they're cancer signs. So I guess we'd have yeah. to check. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting though. And then when it comes to marriage partner, seventh house is, is the first marriage partner and ninth house is the second marriage partner. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you're married, you're, 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 you're going to find out things about your marriage partner through the seventh house and that will always apply. So that's always going to tell you about your partner, no matter who your partner is. But if a person has, gets married, gets divorced, and then a few years later, they have a second marriage partner, you're still going to see the marriage partner in many ways through the same lens of the seventh house. Mm -hmm. But you're also going to see characteristics of that partner in the ninth house that you would not have experienced in the first partner. Mm -hmm. Now, the same thing with the firstborn child is the fifth house. And all your children are going to be represented by the fifth house. So my fifth house, like your fifth house, is Capricorn. And my, my older son is sun and moon in Capricorn. Now my second son has, is, has a stellium in Capricorn. And a stellium is whenever you have three or more planets in a sign. So you actually have two stelliums. You have a stellium in Libra, because you have Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto in Libra. You have a stellium in Sagittarius. So you have Uranus, Sun, and Neptune in Sagittarius. Even if you don't have the sun in, in a stellium, a stellium really kind of makes you an honorary member of that sign. It makes that sign really a, so much a part of your nature. How do you spell stellium? S-T-E-L-L-I-U-M. Stellium, okay. I think it's L-L, might be one L, if I'm not getting it wrong. <laughs> Google it and you'll find out which was the right yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... So again, my second born child has a stellium in Capricorn, even though he doesn't have sun, moon, or ascendant there, but he's, got a, he's an honorary Capricorn. But he's also ruled by the seventh house because three houses from, I don't know why third, why, why it's traditional that 
three, you know, the, the third house of the seventh is your second born marriage partner, our second marriage partner. It might come from the olden days, way, 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 way back when, when uh, the widow would marry the husband's brother or the widow would marry the wife's, the wife's sister. I don't know, <laughs> but, but, but it seems to, it seems to work and seems to be effective. So what if they don't have a second marriage partner, what happens in the ninth? Then that doesn't get activated. It's all these things only activate anything in astrology only activates it's if it's a part of your life or a part of your focus. If a person doesn't doesn't get involved or doesn't care about that facet of life, then it doesn't really show up. It's kind of like a backup plan if some if something yeah 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 right. or or you know like we have different parts of our DNA that we may or may not use depending on what happens to activate them. It's very similar because our charts our charts are spiritual DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So second born child is the seventh house, third born child is the ninth house, and fourth born child, like I mentioned in terms of my dad, who like us also had Virgo rising, is, um, is ruled by the 11th house. So that's why cancer ruled his house of the fourth born child. And my mother, my, my father had the Virgo rising and, and had Uranus and, and Pisces in the seventh. My, my mother had Pisces rising with Uranus in the first house. So they, they really fit each other's first and seventh houses, even though my mother was my, was my father's second wife. But my, but my father's ninth house, just like you, was ruled by Aries, and my mother had son in Aries. Yeah. So you really can literally see how she shows up in his chart, and you can practically describe her chart just from the derivations in his chart. That's cool. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, his, he, he was interesting. Even his palm, you know, it showed six children. I mean, he just, he just seemed to really live out what it showed in his chart, live out what it showed in his hand. It was quite interesting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then one other fascinating thing about derivations is that you, you, can, look at, you can look at extended relatives through them as well. So here's fifth house is children. So five houses from the fifth house, so house one, house two, house three, house four, house five, is the ninth house, which is grandchildren. Now again, in my mother's, in my mother's derivation, her ninth house was ruled by Scorpio, and she had Saturn in Scorpio in the ninth house. My son, who was her firstborn grandchild, was a Capricorn, and Saturn rules Capricorn with Scorpio rising. So again, the derivation showed up, it panned out in her chart. Mm-hmm. so interesting so you can actually kind of look at look at the people connected to you and potentially learn certain things about your destiny so my chart you could see the capricorn Let's pump it up. Or, or likelihood what is that <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> wait a sec what is that i don't have anything open yeah, I don't either. I don't know what's happening. As far as I know, I don't. I haven't touched anything. I don't oh. have anything open. Oh, you know what? It sounds like some kind of feedback. <laughs> so sorry. I have no idea. Is it mine? I don't, I don't have now. Okay, so we're back after our, our, our amusing technical issue. <laughs> So what I was saying about these derivations is you can sort of use them as a window to look through. And if you look at things that show up in other people's charts, 
who are connected to you. And it's interesting, it's always people who are connected to you by family ties that you can really see stuff through, but sometimes, you know, marriage partners can also show up that way. You can learn more things because if I looked at my chart before I had any children, yes, the likelihood is Capricorn is going to be a factor. But if I looked at my mother's chart in terms of grandchildren, then it brings the Scorpio in because signs do run in families very very common for these signs to keep the same sign to show up in lots of different places and you really don't necessarily see that although sometimes you do because it's common for families to have a lot of consecutive birthdays it's a very common thing but sometimes you don't see it unless you see the full chart and you see these three main component parts of each individual which are the sun the moon and the ascendant those are the three most important parts of anybody's chart then you start seeing signs replaying over and over again and repeating and repeating. So there weren't any Scorpios in our family pattern. Hmm. We have a lot of Virgo. We have a lot of Taurus. We have, a, we have a certain amount of Pisces. We have a lot of Aries. There's a lot of Gemini, no Scorpio. <laughs> so he just sort of popped out of the blue, but it does show up in my mother's derivation. It's great. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. So another piece of that sort of longer term derivation picture is that if you want to find your grandparents in your chart, you go to, well, here's our opposite sex parent in the fourth house. So their opposite sex parent shows up in your seventh house and their same sex parent shows up in your first house, which is quite interesting. Now, another funny wrinkle to this is that although fourth house does tend to rule opposite sex parent and 10th house tends to rule same sex parent, is not always ironclad in each individual's case. Sometimes it's, for whatever reason, it's flipped around in a different way. So fourth house is really the, the parent who provided that security for us and who provides a sort of foundation for the future, often including a, an image of what, what we want for our partner. And the 10th house has to do with the parent who provides the image of our future potential. So we're a lot more likely to look at our same-sex parent as that as the the symbol or the image of what we're going to become that's why one reason why 10th house is opposite sex parent fourth house is same sex parent but as i said it sometimes switches around so by the time we get to grandparents it can be very um uh, dubious and uncertain as to which grandparent is ruled by your first house or your seventh house so we've got two sets of grandparents in this first house seventh house access what that essentially translates into on an esoteric level is that we always have two grandparents who we have a real affinity for and a real identification with. So that, you know, when things seem to skip a generation, mm -hmm. astrology lines up with that or explains that by saying you're actually more like two of your grandparents than you actually are like your parents. So really quite fascinating. Is that all the time? Like, cause yeah, I can't pretty much, I mean, again, it's a general rule, but it shows up to be so true for so many people over and over and over again. I mean, my, well, my, my younger son, you know, it, it's almost like he's a clone of my father. If my father hadn't died after my son was born, I would have thought he's a reincarnation, mm. but he, he was ill when I was pregnant. And yeah. he died when, when my son was um, almost two years old. Mm -hmm. And he, was, he had had an aneurysm, so his, he, he wasn't using his front brain anymore. Mm -hmm. So his personality wasn't there the same way. So there was no way that my son ever, ever emulated him 
he didn't know him on a concrete physical level and he wasn't a reincarnation because they they overlapped in time but they are so phenomenally similar it's unbelievable it's really quite interesting now they both had Virgo rising because it's one of the things that runs in our family is Virgo rising. <laughs> but still, you know, you don't, you're not going to be that similar just from that. It's quite something. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that that, that does sort out. There's lots of other more subtle ways to play with it should you, should you feel inclined. But what we've done now is we've really kind of covered... The, the basics of the signs, the basics of the planets, the basics of the houses. And what derivations does is it ties it all together like a spider web. Mm -hmm. So we can, we can sit here and look at Venus and we understand Venus as it, what it means or what it feels like being in Capricorn in the fifth house. But Venus is also tied to the, to the third house, to the second house, to the 10th house. And it's also tied to the natal Saturn. And those are all like the, all these little, little, little lines that go between these different places. And there, and there's lines and connection points between all the different facets of the chart that once we get a feel for all of these components, it's like you can slide down tubes mm -hmm. and find out more information. Mm. So this is why it's so important to get the real feeling of those basics and make them part of your, just such an automatic part of them. So they're in your bones and blood and they can just spontaneously pop out. That happens to all astrologers. They get to that point where, you know, they immediately, that's where you get two astrologers together at a party. <laughs> Nobody can understand what they're talking about because they're talking their own language. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have a, it's like a new language. Yeah, it absolutely is. Because there's so much information in any any one little thing. I mean, one sign has 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 you know thousands thousands of megabytes of information just in the sign itself. So does a planet. So does a house. So as soon as so astrologers have a tremendous short shorthand or a short form language to discuss all these things. <laughs> so it's the derivations. Derivation. How do you pronounce it? Derivations. 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 That really tie it together in the end right there's all those extra yeah. connections that happen yes that's right that's right and the derivations start with the ruling planets of of signs and houses but another thing about ruling planets is that the ruling planet it's called the ruling planet because it has a lot of power and influence over the house or the sign the or the planet and that house sign or planet returns to that ruler and where it is but sometimes it, the, the same holds in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. So if we look at, you've got, you've got, you've actually got two mutual receptions in your chart because you have Mars in Virgo mm -hmm. and Virgo is ruled by Mercury and you have Mercury in Scorpio and Scorpio is ruled by Mars. So your Mars and your Mercury rule each other. It's very unusual to have two. It's not that common to even have one and you have two and then your Venus and your Saturn rule each other. What but if we want to, have two? Hmm? what does it mean to have two? Well, it's kind of, it's always a gift to have a mutual reception and it's a gift to have a grand trine too. You've got, you know, you've got, you've got three aces up your sleeve astrologically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what's so also interesting is your grand trine includes two of your mutual reception planets. Mm. So it, it's, they're, they are beneficial. They will, they will, strengthen and support 
most of the time, the two planets involved. Once, when, when planets are in signs that are bad for them, mm-hmm. they're both in signs that are bad for them, it's harder for a mutual reception to work out positively. So one mutual reception that would still be kind of challenging is a Moon-Saturn mutual reception. Mm-hmm. And that's because the, the Moon... The moon in the moon in Capricorn is in a in a very weak sign. It's the moon is our emotional nature, our our immediate experience of our childhood. And Capricorn is cold and dark. You don't want a cold and dark childhood. Uh-huh. And when you put Saturn in Cancer, it 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 Cancer is so emotional. Uh-huh. It it kind of it kind of closes down on Saturn. Saturn Cancer is is also a difficulty in terms of the of one's concept of the childhood experience. Sometimes the person has a difficult child experience, but they've definitely had that somewhere in their incarnational history. So those two are very emotionally dark if you have a mutual reception between Moon and Saturn. But again, it it, it can because because there's a flow happening, if a person wants to work with it consciously, they can turn it around really well. If they don't, it will kind of stay dark. But, but generally speaking, it is, it is really helpful, tremendously helpful to have a mutual reception. That's cool. And having two is you know, just extra, extra added help. So if we want to look at something in your chart as say, yeah, let's look at your, how your Jupiter rules your sun in Sagittarius. Okay. So you're set, so that normally means that the Jupiter, the gifts that you were born with, and your sense of grace and optimism helps to support your soul, your heart's desire, your, you know, your development as a Sagittarius. But it also means that your whole perspective of having sun in Sagittarius can turn around and influence your Jupiter in some way. So Obviously, with Jupiter and Libra, we're looking at, at stuff around relationships and Jupiter wanting to give you help and assistance in relationships. So as you work out your, it makes it easier in a way for you to work out your Sagittarius issues. And as you work out the Sagittarian issues around relationship, you're going to, you know, you're going to both at first when, the, when the, those issues are, aren't resolved, it's gonna it's gonna hit Jupiter. Jupiter's gonna keep having to catch those issues and and oh God, here's this again. I've got to try and a way to transmute it and steer this giant sun bus that I'm ruling. <laughs> so Jupiter's taking a hit at first while it's getting its balance. But after a while, as you start to get more of the real self-acceptance and really trusting your own inner knowledge as you go more towards third stage Sagittarius, that sense of optimism and spiritual expansion starts feeding Jupiter. And Jupiter says, yeah, I really, really can trust this. I really can trust life. I can really have faith. So that the sun is actually going to strengthen Jupiter after a while. Mm-hmm. So you see how when there's rulers, there's a relationship. Mm-hmm. There's a flowing relationship. So speaking of that, actually, I think, I think we're going to leave it from there as far as this re- particular recording goes on the derivations. 
and we'll move to whatever we're going to do next.